Surprise! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the pod. This time to the special edition, the second edition of special episodes for the world according to Aiden. Today's episode will once again be a book review. This time on the wonderful, in-depth documentary vibe picture book and telling the creation of one of the all-time classic Star Wars films, Episode One, and the book is fittingly named "The Phantom: The Making of the Phantom Menace." <clears throat> now, to add to the specialness of this episode, I'm delighted to have my good friend from Philadelphia, Thomas Homer, to am- to analyze this must-read. Welcome to the show, Thomas. Thanks. Hi there. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, in your own words, uh, could you explain the setup of the book for the listeners before we go into detail on the interesting facts and case within? I might right. add on to it myself. Um, so... This book is by two people called Laurent Bozero and Jody Duncan. I don't know mm-hmm. if those are um, well-known names. I don't. They're. I don't really recognize them. They're. They're involved yeah. with Lucasfilm, but I haven't heard of them except for in the case of this book. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it split into three main parts. There's a first. First part is about like the development of the film. Yeah. So that's right. The concept mm-hmm. drawings and stuff. Um, and then the second part is about the filming process, which I think mm-hmm. is really cool. Yeah, um, the filming process is really cool. Yeah. And then at the end, they have the special effects. Yeah. Um, CG effects, especially because this that was a new technology when they did this movie. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this was this took place in 1999 or no, they filmed it. I think it took five years. Is that right? Over a period like of five that. years. Yeah. I think they filmed it. it. Yeah, they released it in 99. I think they filmed it in 97 and 98. Um, But um, yeah, I thought it was interesting, though, that they used blue screens. Like they emphasized that they use blue screens a lot instead of today they use green screens um, Hmm. for their color. So I thought that was interesting. Um, Do you have any other highlights of the book before we go into things more deeper? Yeah, I have a like a top five. It's actually top six. Oh, okay. Favorite bits. Um, personally, I really like the concept drawings and stuff. Yes. Uh, I, I like seeing the the original uh, ideas that they had before they came up with the uh, the final the final design. Yeah, I thought that was really cool too. Because um, because I'll touch on something really quickly here before you keep going. Yeah. One of the things I probably found the most fascinating through reading through all the sketches they had done of on um, like the Trade Federation vehicles and all that yeah. um, for I think it was the MTT uh, droid carrier. Yeah. Um, it was. Did you read about how it was inspired by a spade originally, like the design? Yeah, yeah. I thought that, that was, was that was, that was hilarious because you know the MTT is very recognizable in the <clears throat> in the Star Wars universe. So um, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, the, the battle tanks were spades, I think. And yeah, I think the multi troop transports were elephants, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Like a oh, yeah, elephant. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, interesting. Um, so <clears throat> an, among many of my favorite parts um, was learning about how many lightsabers it took to shoot the scene between <laughs> Qui Gon, Obi Wan, and Darth Maul. When they fought in the generator room and theater, because mm-hmm. they used 20 swords a day and wow. 300 and just they used 300 because I was reading um, there was little bits of shrapnel that were released every time they used them. So they stopped using them after a little while 
and they got new ones to avoid it for like safety hazard reasons. But um, yeah, you can keep going with your uh, top five. Sure. Yeah. Um, I also found the sound effects interesting. Mm, yeah. I think yes. that's a, that's an always an interesting part of movie making. Huh. Is yeah. The sounds that they make. Um, what were like, some of them again? I, I can't uh, recall them. Yeah, like. Well, the sound effects for the, what are they called? The lightsabers. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> that was really interesting. I think they used, see if I can find it. Mm -hmm. I can't remember, but I read that, I think if I remember, like, right. Hang on, let me look here. So I think originally they had in the uh, droid voice was inspired. Yeah. So the droid voice was inspired by a highway patrolman. Oh yeah, being transmitted through a speaker. Yeah, and I mean the droids are so popular today <laughs> in animated shows and stuff. To think that it had been inspired the original voice by a highway patrolman, <laughs> fascinating. But um, yeah, I I, I like how the, the droids act. Yes, yeah. that's pretty funny. I yeah. think Lucas Lucas came up with an idea of making them react like pigeons. <laughs> uh, they sort of yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, let's see if I can find this. Okay. Well, I know C-3PO's voice is another of the sound effects. Mm -hmm. They did. I mean, Anthony Daniels did the voice again for this film. Yeah, yeah, that's um, right. They did. They made it slightly different, though, just because he had a different mm -hmm. visual. Yeah. It was an older version, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Anthony Daniels... Electronic. Anthony Daniels was in, I think I read that he was the only actor, not in this book, but I read that he was the only actor to take place in making all the Star Wars movies. I thought that oh, was wow. funny. Did he, I know. He well, he's um, done the voice for C-3PO, and C-3PO has been in all the main movies. So, right. um, yeah, I thought that was interesting. But, um, yeah. Okay, another thing I found fascinating. <clears throat> Wait, did you have something to go to say first? No, no, go ahead. Oh, okay. I loved how I had seen some of this before. I had seen the shadow before, but there is in at the, at the back of the book uh, before they have the credits part at the end, um, yeah. just like the movie, uh, yeah. they have yeah. that, they have that picture of Anakin up by a wall. I think it was by uh, some house in the desert. Like yeah, Luke's. It's in Tatooine, yeah. yeah, it's on Tatooine. Yeah. He, he's standing up by this wall and it's just him, but his shadow is much larger than him. And if you look closely, it's the outline of Darth Vader. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, my goodness. It's just <laughs> such a good interpretation of how he was once this innocent little child. And now and he's Darth Vader. Yeah, that's pre that's pretty cool. Yeah. Touch. What else did you like about it? I, I, I'm intrigued by the just how much they had to do. I'm, yes. <laughs> yeah. Just the amount of work and. The props that they had to make yeah so many props because um, with the pod racing scene they had pictures of it the pod racing scene they literally it was on a table and it was like the whole yeah. scene but it was it was a miniature and they made it into a miniature you know um they had a lot of those effects in the book too i thought that was fascinating yeah. um also the fact that like just part of the process i think for like the first two years of designing the pictures of what the ships and stuff would originally look like it took like two years and that was like two of the five so it was like yeah. 
crazy. But uh, yeah. Yeah, mo most of the time that it, most of the, t the time goes into the initial design. Yeah, um, that is that is a good point. Because filming, I mean, it isn't that hard. Well, I mean, it is, but the designing right. would take much more time yeah. and much more care. Um, yeah. What else did you notice that you liked um, from the book? Uh, well, lightsabers that was connected with stunts. So yeah, the, yeah. the Jedi mm -hmm. knights, uh, all of the mm -hmm. stunt choreography. Yeah, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Fascinating. Yeah, I like uh, along the lines of the stunts. Uh, the guy who played Darth Vader, Ray Park, I think his name was. And the thing is, yeah. I was looking at one of the pictures. He was elevated through the air on this like ramp that bounced him up in the air during one of the yeah. scenes where he was so, doing a flip in the air. I yeah. thought that was fascinating. They yeah. they used. That's an interesting point. They used air rams to mm -hmm. launch them into the air. Yeah, um, they talked about how they they wanted to do that instead of wires. Huh. Wires. Um, mm -hmm. Nick Gilliard, he's the he was the stunt coordinator, so yep. he really he really didn't think the moves on the wires looked realistic. Um, huh. They they were a bit they looked too much like they were floating. Mm -hmm. um, he wanted to make he wanted to make it more realistic by having them actually flying through the air from a like a pressure ramp. Um, yeah. The landings were harder. It looked like they were actually jumping that far. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's so much in this book. Yeah. I have a lot of notes we could probably go through as well. Do you want to keep going with your top five while I keep looking sure. for rules? I, I haven't done them in, I think. So my, 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 top, my top one was the design process. Mm. And then number two, um, is filming the movie. Mm -hmm. and then number three is the stunts and lightsaber battles. Yeah. Um, another part that I really liked was when they went to find the actors mm -hmm. um, and did interviews with the actors. Um, yeah. And talking about what they were looking for in the actors. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I thought that, that was interesting. interesting part. Because they reviewed, I think it was several thousand, I think two or three thousand uh different little boys to try to get yeah. the perfect anakin i can't imagine i know doing that. interviewing thousands of young children yeah. i mean like, i would probably pick one out of ten <laughs> designing it just because it'd be way too difficult but then again he was hiring people to work for him yeah. lucas was um yeah I, also I, I, yeah. Mm, you go I, they, they they definitely picked the right character though yes i mean jake lloyd is he's really <laughs> good i think yeah. he's he really suits the character I think you did too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what section this would technically go in. Um, but the CGI part, um, probably, although there is a section three, probably. Yeah, that's section three. Um yeah. I thought it was interesting that it took the um the Lucas's people, Industrial Light and Magic, you know, their group. Mm. I thought it was interesting. It took them a really long time to steadily erase. The puppeteer for c-3po out of the film oh yeah in all the scenes the guy's dressed in white so you can't see him that well because he blends in but yeah. they had to go i think it took them several months to steadily erase everything in the scene so you can't see yeah. him frame by frame yeah Just must have, yeah yeah really I thought process because there's a picture in the book where it's um 
C-3PO with the desert background. He's on Tatooine and it's uh, yeah. with the puppeteer. And then there's one right next to it where you can see where you can see they kind of erased him out. But yeah. I feel like you could see this little bit of him still. Like if you look really closely. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I didn't well, notice that. I'm not sure. It might have just been part of the dune in the background, but it looked like it was part just a little bit of the guy, but you had to look really closely. Right. It's not very um not very evident. <clears throat> but then again, it may just be something that a superstition of mine. <laughs> no, I, I um, like how they how they you they use actual puppets. Yeah. For a yeah. lot of the characters. I not just pure CG all the time. Yeah, like Yoda, I think Yoda was controlled by a puppet, puppeteer, yeah. right? Yeah, because the thing was, I was reading, or well, you've read it too, but, um, in the Jedi High Council room, I think it was under the seats, the puppeteers were controlling them. So like, because they, they had like the whole film crew and stuff beneath the floorboards and the puppeteers were down there and a lot of other people were down there controlling the scenes from below. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, um, the the seats, the seats in the Jedi Council are yeah the, the round seats that yeah of space underneath them. For <laughs> they do. To go. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Um, and then also just seeing um pictures of during when they filmed the movie Jar 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 Binks. Yeah. I thought that it was it was funny because it was Jar Jar but not the head of Jar Jar because what they'd done was they had put his elongated eyes, uh, mouth and most of his head, except for um, his ear things. Hmm. Uh, they weren't, they weren't there. Um, they put those on the top of his head. So the guy could see out through this kind of green screen mask. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah that was interesting. Uh, it, his face sort of blends in and you just, yeah. if you look at it, um, if you sort of squint, it really looks like. Yeah. It's actually Jar Jar. Yeah, if you do, yeah. Um, yeah, so, and then also seeing uh, the guy who played Watto in the movie, he looks a lot like he looks a lot like Watto, except without <laughs> the really long nose. Yeah. Um, I thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, seeing I think apparently it took them it took them a little while to they set up part of a scene on Naboo, like they just they just built it from wood and stuff. And I think they were building it near the industrial um, light and magic studio, but I'm not sure. I think it was that. Um, yeah, especially I think you were talking about this earlier, but seeing through all the sketches, that was really cool. Yeah. What were your favorite ones, or did you have favorite? Favorite sketch. Yeah, I, I have a few. I I like mm. well the spaceships, of course. <laughs> yeah. Like oh yeah, the spaceships are cool. Mm hmm. Also, yeah. the city designs. Mm, yeah. Like, yes. Coruscant and the. Because the thing with Coruscant, I just, I do want to touch on this for a sec. Um, I'm sure you know this because you've seen through the original trilogy, right? Well, the thing yeah. is, yeah. Um, at the end of the new special edition version of, um, I think it was Return of the Jedi, mm -hmm. you can see Coruscant, but they had added it there. For that scene, I think when it came out in 1997, the right. new edition. And so I think based off of sort of those kinds of sketches, they were using those for Coruscant um, right. in episode one. So they were, cool. they were earlier incarnations mm -hmm. of, of, the, of, the, of that city. Yeah, they were. But it was slightly different when they did it in episode one. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, they they revised a lot. Yeah. Oh, I also, also, oh, you you can go. I, I also um, like the designs for the pod racers. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. That's one that's of my right. favorite bits of the movie. I mean, yeah. I mean, probably for everybody, but <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought that I thought it was interesting because I thought for a sec when I was reading through it that they had just made small versions and turned them into bigatures, but then there's a picture of one of the side wings. No, normal size yeah. like it would be in the movie i was like what huge it was huge it was like the normal size in the movie and it was like whoa it's like a real giant pod racer in real yeah. life um and i thought that was cool what were some of your other favorite parts um so i think just one more mm-hmm. i enjoyed reading about the animation mm-hmm. even though i'm not like into cg that much i yeah i think it was it was interesting because it was really the CG was in its infancy back then. Yeah, um, it definitely it was. Have, that was it didn't 20 have years the technology ago. technology they did now. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting seeing what how they tackled certain problems. Yeah. And what they if, were it took, if it was that hard to create things 20 years ago, yeah. just think of how much they could have advanced up until now with the newer trilogy that came out, I think, <laughs> in 2015 to 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this whole book, honestly, sure, it was on one of maybe the not quite as exciting movies of um, of Star Wars, but it, reading it was just so inspiring, and it made me love it all that much more for all the work that they'd put into it. Because, you know, for like the last oh, less than 20 years, like 16 or 17 years, they had people had been anticipating the movie, and then it finally came out after yeah. I think it was 17 years in 1999 yeah. and just all the work that it took into making that first movie setting the trend for the next two movies. But yeah. Yeah. That's interesting that you say that because I, mm-hmm. I, I read this book before I watched episode one. <laughs> yeah. I only watched episode one just recently. Yeah. Um, How did you like that one as, as a whole? I thought so. I thought I had a few weaknesses, but mm-hmm. on the whole, I, I, I did enjoy it. It was, mm-hmm. it was a solid movie. Yeah. Uh, some of the actors were, I mean, Natalie Portman, not a great actor, but, you know. <laughs> actress, yeah. Actress, sorry. Um, That's fine. But all the, the supporting cast, all of the mm-hmm. minor characters were played by really good actors. So mm. uh, that really redeemed it. I like Liam Neeson. I thought yeah, he did a really good job. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, there's probably a lot more we could talk about this book. I haven't got through all my notes, but um, I think this is really a good place to leave it off. I feel like we've covered a good bit of it. You think? Uh, also, before I finish, I'd like to me- I'd like to mention that um, uh, you can buy this book if it inspired you to buy it. You can buy it on Amazon. Uh, I think. I bought it within the $7 to $12 range, I think it was. I bought it for $12 for the hardcover. So it was a pretty good deal. And for all the different illustrations and different tidbits in the book, it is definitely worth your money, especially since it's only $7 to $12. Um, So yeah, do you think there's anything else we should talk about before we finish up, Thomas? Mm -mm. I think we've we've covered most of it. I I was going to say, though, Mm -hmm. it was an interesting experience. Um, 
reading the book after I watched the movie. Because mm, yeah, sorry, reading the book before I watched the movie. Mm-hmm. Because I read the book and I now I sort of know what people look like. Yeah, so yeah. The the producers and stuff. Um, yeah. But then I I watched the movie and I got it in disc form. So there was a featurette at the end, and it had all of the same producers, but in a video of them making the movie. Um, oh, that's really interesting. And then I oh. came back to the book. Um, mm. It was just interesting to it made compare it, the I, two I together. Know. Yeah. 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 Well, I think that's a good place to leave it off. Okay, then. <clears throat> Thanks for joining me today, Thomas. It was a pleasure having you on. You too. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. Um, I'll be back on Monday to discuss with Philip the latest episode of The Bad Batch with yet a new guest speaker joining us. You can tell that we're having a lot of new guest speakers now. (laughs) Um, If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. And feel free to leave us a five-star worded review on Apple Podcasts if you deem us worthy. (laughs) Um, So we'll see you next time, guys. Until then, keep it cool. Bye. Bye.